Okay, so we are um, we're in the middle of going through the Yud Gimel Ikrim, the 13 principles of faith. Um, what we already did was we went through the 13 in short. Um, last week we also talked about a few of the um, Rimazim, the way the 13 principles are hinted in a few very important areas of the Torah. We talked about how the Alshech, the Moshe Alshech explains how we were able to get a glimpse of each one of them by the giving of Torah, by Harsinai. And we talked about this, how the Shalah explains how they are connected with the Yud Gimel Midas Arachim and the 13 um, measures of Hashem's mercy and all those things we discussed last week. Um, before we go back to the beginning and start over from the first one in more detail, there's one more thing I wanted to cover. And that is, I mentioned in short at the end of maybe the second class, I think in the second class, that there is another Sefer called Sefer Ha'ikrim, the book on the principles, and that was written by a great tzaddik named Rav Yosef Albay. Um, and he discusses also the principles of faith. But instead of the Rambam, who the Rambam says that there's 13, he boils it down to three. He says that really all the 13, really there's three basic principles that contain within themselves the 13. And he says, he says the first one is the principle about Hashem. Hashem, the, the being of Hashem, who Hashem is, the existence of Hashem. And the second is the principle that Hashem teaches us His Torah, gives us His wisdom. And the third is that there is a, uh, there is really reward and punishment, there's checks and balances. And he says, all the 13 of the Rambam really fall into these three categories. And how is that? Um, so, Again, we mentioned that quickly. I just want to go over it again and add something. He says, if you think about it, the first five of the Rambam's 13 are all about the being of Hashem. Right? What were those five? We said Hashem's existence, Hashem's oneness, that there's no body, that He's the first, and that He's the one we serve. All of those five are really that Hashem, you know, Hashem. Hashem is Hashem. He's, he's Hashem, and He's only one, and He has no body, and He's... And there's no one else. There's no one else worth serving. Also, all those five, he says, is the concept of Hashem. The next four is the concept of Hashem's revelation to us. Because in the next four, we read about um, Nevuah, prophecy, and the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu, and Torah coming from heaven, and the everlasting nature of Torah. All of those four is Hashem's revelation to us. Through, the, through Nevuah, the Nevuah of Moshe, Torah, the everlasting nature of Torah. So all of those are the second category of the 13. And the third category of the 13, he says, is all about that what we do makes a difference. And he says, that's the concept that Hashem knows what we do and Hashem punishes and rewards and the Mashiach will come and it will be Tchiyas HaMesim, which is the ultimate goal. All of that basically is that our Avoidah makes a difference. So therefore he says, and it's not really an argument in Rambam, it's just a more general way of looking at it. He says, everything can be broken down. There's really three principles to Aramuna. And if you think about it, <coughs> there are very three very important principles that really puts everything into perspective. That there is a Hashem, A, with all the different five components about that, and that Hashem tells us what He wants. Right? Hashem is not just this evasive presence somewhere, but that Hashem reveals Himself. So that's Nevuah, and that's Moshe, and that's Torah, and that's Mitzvahs, and that's all Hashem's revelation to us. So there's Hashem, there's His revelation, and then there is that what we do counts. 
that what we do makes a difference. What we do fulfills a mission, fulfills a, uh, a purpose in creation. And that's where we have that Hashem knows and that Hashem rewards and Hashem punishes and Mashiach and, and Tchiyas HaMesim, which is all about the, what we do makes that difference. So that's how he breaks it up as three basic ideas. Godliness and Hashem's revelation to us and the fulfillment of Hashem's goal in this world. And if you think about these three, there's a lot of, um, a lot of very important uh, ideas in Torah that are broken down to three that really reflect these three cardinal principles. And I just want to give a few quick examples. Um, take right away the beginning of creation. In the very beginning of creation, what do we have? Um, the first thing is we have Hashem. Hashem is the creator. So that's number one. Hashem creates. Right away after Hashem creates, what's the next thing that the Torah tells us about? Is that He gives a mitzvah. What's the mitzvah Hashem immediately gives? Everyone knows. Don't eat from the eights hadas. Right? So... There's not just Hashem created and then He leaves the world you know, to float. He creates and then He commands. And then what happens? They don't listen and they're punished. And they go out of Gan Eden and suddenly everything, the reality changes and suddenly they, they're, they're clothed and suddenly they're outside of Gan Eden and their existence changes. So right on that first day of creation, we have played out all three. Mm-hmm. The existence of Hashem, the fact that He talks and directs and the fact that what we do counts. It's not like, okay, you know, I directed it and do whatever you want. No, if they didn't listen, so immediately there was consequences. So those three cardinal principles, the way it's broken down again by the Sefer HaIkrim, are played out right away on that very first day of creation. Let's talk about um, another, th- another big three. Another big three is we, every day we say the Shema. And the Shema is made up of three parshios. Three sections of the Torah, right? We have the section of Shema, we have the section of Vahaya Im Shema, and we have the section of um, Vayomer Hashem, the third section. The three Shema is made up really of those three sections, those three paragraphs of the Torah. Now, if you think about it, those three sections also really um, incorporate or represent these three basic ideas. And how is that? So Shema is Hashem. Right? It's all about the oneness of Hashem and loving Hashem and fearing Hashem. All that is within the first section of Shema. So the first section of Shema represents point A, Hashem. Now, then we have, we're going to go out of order. We'll go to the third section of Shema. What does that tell us about? Vayomer. So in that third section, we read about UCS Mitzrayim and Sitzis, which reminds us of all the mitzvahs. So this is Hashem's revelation to us. Hashem reveals Himself through the miracles, through Mitzrayim, through the mitzvahs, through tzitzis. That's what the third section is about. The second section is, If you'll listen, Hashem will bless you. And if you won't listen, you won't be blessed. So that's that's where our avodah comes in. And our accountability. Are we fulfilling Are we or are we not fulfilling? So again, we have the three basic steps. Hashem, His revelation to us, and our accountability for what are we doing with the revelation of Hashem. Um, let me take another one or two of these threes. Um, let's talk about the special dates, the Yamim Toivim that we have. What do they represent, the various Yamim Toivim that we have? So the way it's broken down is the following. Shabbos and Pesach. They both represent... Hashem's existence. 
Shabbos is to remember Hashem, that Hashem is the creator. Um, Hashem is, Pesach is where, you know, the basic revelation of Hashem. So Shabbos and Pesach represent Hashem. And we, we celebrate Hashem, we remember Hashem every week on Shabbos, we remember Hashem created the world and heaven and earth and seven and so on and so forth. Then we have um, Shavuos. What does Shavuos represent? The Torah, that he tells us what to do. So again, if Pesach tells us that Hashem exists and his existence is the greatest and ultimate existence, Shavuos says, and I'm going to tell you uh, what to do now that I'm Hashem. I'm going to give you a... I'm a plan. I'm going to give you a guide. I'm going to give you. Um, I'm going to tell you what I want from you. And what's the next Yom Tov after Shavuos? If you go in order, you have Pesach and Shavuos, then Rosh Hashanah. What's uh, yeah, but in order? You have Rosh Hashanah. What's Rosh Hashanah? And Yom Kippur really mm-hmm. is judgment. Okay, how do you do with the laws? How did you do with what I told you to do? So again, we have the celebration or of these three basic principles: Hashem's existence. Hashem's revelation to us, telling us what He wants from us, and Hashem saying that ultimately we are accountable to see to it that what He wants from us is going to happen. I'll give you one more, and that is on Rosh Hashanah we have the special davening of Rosh Hashanah, in which we say three. We talk about three types of tefillah. What do we talk about in Rosh Hashanah? Malchios. Zichronos and Shofros. Right? We talk about um, Malchios, which is the kingdom of Hashem. Zichronos is what Hashem remembers, and Shofros is the Shofra. So this farm say here again we have the three basic principles. Malchios is remembering the kingdom of Hashem. That's remembering who Hashem is. That Hashem is the Melech, and Hashem is the king, and Hashem is the creator, and Hashem is one. That's all Malchios. Hashem is Malchus. Shofros, the Shofar, we talk about Matan Torah. By the, by the giving of Torah, we had the shofar, the shofar blowing, and that is Hashem's revelation. He's revealing to us what He wants from us. And finally, Zichronos is where He remembers what we do. That everything we do is remembered because everything we do counts. Because it counts, therefore it's remembered. So if we did well, then we, or if we're helping fulfill the plan and the mission. And if we don't, then we're messing it up to a degree. And that's why we have the concept of memories and reward and punishment. There's other examples, but I'm going to leave it by this. These are just a number of different examples about the three basic cardinals of belief, the way the Sefer Ikram puts them, that as we're pointing out, is not an argument with Rambam, but rather it is a more condensed form. So what the Rambam said in five different parts of Hashem, he says one, that's Hashem. What the Rambam says in four, which is the revelation of Torah, he says in one. What the Rambam says in four, which is judgment and, uh, and reward and Hashem's knowledge and Mashiach, is one, which is, I'm sorry? Cliff notes. You, don't, you wouldn't know what it is. Yeah. When, when you used to have to read a novel in high school, so pe- people put out these shortened versions, so uh-huh. if you were busy having well, a good time. Else now, it, oh, okay, so it was, in my day it was the called Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes. And you had to read like 20 pages instead of 200. Okay, yeah, same idea. Same idea. <laughs> so, so really, it's, it's, not, it's really not an argument at all. It's just a more condensed version, so it's the 13 broken down in three. And again, so the Sefer HaIkrim, Rabbi Yosef Albo, he says that it's really three, it's not 13. I don't know why he split it up so much, but the Rambam clearly wanted to go into more detail and give us more detail in understanding these 13 principles. So I wanted to cover that idea um, tonight. But now let us move back, and we're going to start over from the beginning of the first principle 
and go through them a little bit more in depth with more explanation. And for tonight, I think we're just going to do the first of the 13, actually. I said last week I'm going to have to leave a little bit earlier tonight, but we're going to, let's cover the first one, at least a very important idea. Okay. The first one of the 13 principles of faith is believing in the existence of Hashem. As simple as that. The mitzvah is the existence of Hashem. Um, but if you recall, when we read the wording of the Rambam about that, so the Rambam didn't just say we should believe in the existence of Hashem, Rather, he said, that we believe that Hashem's existence is the most complete and ultimate existence that there can be. Shleimus Hametzias, the most complete of all existence. Now that is a very important point. That when we talk about believing in Hashem, we're not just talking about that He is, we're talking about a deeper understanding in the greatness of the form of His existence. So allow me to explain. But with a small introduction. We know there are 613 mitzvahs. Something we discussed many, many times, comes from the Gemara, there is ultimately 613 mitzvahs. But I also mentioned in the past a number of times that there, is, there are certain debates as to whether certain mitzvahs, are they counted in the number of the 613 or are they not counted in the number of 613? And that's one of the intricacies of halacha because no matter how, everyone ends up with 613. And yet there's arguments along the way this is counted, or that's instead, or this is counted as two, or this is counted as one. And that's a great area of halachic debate, and so on and so forth. There's a very interesting debate about the first mitzvah, if it's a mitzvah. Is believing in Hashem one of the 613? Yes or no? Is there a mitzvah to believe in the existence of Hashem? So, like most areas in, uh, like amongst Jews, is debated. But what's behind the debate? It's a very interesting debate. So before we get, let's just get some facts straight. According to the majority of halachic authorities, of great halachic authorities, the answer to that question is yes. That mitzvah number one is to believe in Hashem's existence. So, for example, just for the list of names, Rambam rules that way, Maimonides. And he's joined by Nachmanides, Ramban, um, Sefer HaChinuch, which is another one of the great um, counters of the mitzvahs, and the Zohar, of Rishim Bar Yochai, which is the foundational book of all uh, esoteric parts of Torah, all of them are of the opinion that, yes, the belief in God, belief in Hashem, is mitzvah number one. However, there were great authorities who challenged that. And they challenged it for a very good reason. And amongst them are, perhaps they're not so known by their names, but one is called the Bahag. Bahag is really an acronym for the name of his book, Baal Halachos Gedolos. Um, there was a great Rav Chizdoi, a few of the great early Jewish Torah authorities and philosophers. And they said, it can't be that believing in Hashem should be a mitzvah. Why not? Because you can't do it. Because what? Their objection is because that's not an act. Um... We'll get to that. I'll get to that. But before they had, a, they had an earlier objection to that, even before that concept, they said you can only have. What does a mitzvah mean? A commandment. Mm-hmm. You can only have a commandment you once you have a commander. You can't be commanded to have a commander. Like who's telling me to have him? Right. In order to That's fulfill, it's a, <laughs> a very good point. In order <laughs> to fulfill, in order to fulfill a commandment, I already have to know that there's a commander. But if I, if I don't know there's a if I, one second, if I don't know there's a commander, then he can't tell me what to do, right? 
So they say, by the fact that we're sitting up, say, okay, is this a mitzvah? That means we know there's a commander already. So to say that there's a mitzvah to know that there's a commander is, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a counterintuitive, or I don't know, it just doesn't make sense. It's backwards. What, what do you start saying? Redundant. It's redundant. So if I know he's there already, he doesn't have to tell me to believe in him, because I know he's there. So maybe it's like a free mitzvah. You get that one. <laughs> so what does it mean? <laughs> you want it to be free. I'm saying you get that one as a, as a free mitzvah. My point is that that although whenever whenever we ask that question, is belief in Hashem a mitzvah, everyone says, well, of course. But they say, but logically, of course not. Because again, if we're sitting down to do mitzvahs, that means we know he's there. If we know he's there, then what's the mitzvah? I know already. So that's why. But you might not know the whole. Ah, okay, right. okay. So, so that's that was their argument. That was the argument of these again great, great, great halachic authorities and great tzaddikim. And they said they weren't challenging the importance of belief in Hashem. To the contrary, they were saying that's sort of a necessary background. Given. It's a given that you know you start from there. That's not a mitzvah. After I know that there's a God in the world, He tells me what to do, and that's where mitzvahs start. That's beforehand. That was their argument. Now, but yeah, all of these great halachic authorities don't rule with them. So at the end of the day, we don't follow their opinion. And as I said, Ramban and Ramban and Zohar and the Chinuch and the list goes on. Say no, 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 very nice, but it is a mitzvah. It's mitzvah number one. So how do they answer the question? Because the, the, the challenge is a good one. What's the answer? So there is, we mentioned in the past already, one of the great Torah scholars and philosophers was a tzaddik named Don Isaac Abarbanel. Right? Don Isaac Abarbanel. He has a parish on Chumash, a parish on Tanakh. Um, and he was the leader of the Jewish people in Spain during the Spanish uh, but during the expulsion of Spain, excuse me, I think it was 1492, right? Um, and, in fact, he was so high up there, he was the, uh, gr- the great leader of the Jewish people, a great tzaddik, but also a great minister of the king, Ferdinand and Isabella, you know, who were, you know, obviously totally rabid anti-Semites. And, but he was so close to them that they offered him sanctuary. And they said he could stay. All the Jews got to leave this place, but he could stay in his palace, keep all his possessions, and he could even keep a minion. Because they knew a Jew needs a minion, so he can, you know, take ten families and have them. Whatever, basically, whatever you need, take, you know, stay. But he didn't, obviously, and he left with his people. And like all the, they say, hundreds of thousands of Jews who left Spain on that day was Tisha in 1942. And he led the procession with the clothing on his back. They didn't allow them to take anything with them. And this is... Um, historically, one of the worst things that happened to the Jewish people was that expulsion of hundreds of thousands of people where they were not just expelled from where they lived, but they were robbed from anything that they owned, and they were sent out to nowhere. You know, to, it wasn't like they were going to a certain place. They were sent to wander. Many, many, many died on the way in so many different ways. But he led that um, expulsion. In fact, he ruled in halacha. He said, because we're all doing the greatest of mitzvahs of Mesir Nefesh or Kiddush Hashem, so even though it's Tisha B'av when we left, obviously we should eat, because we have to be strong. But not just that, we should leave with music, with simcha that we're doing this mitzvah. So yeah, so the Jewish musicians led the procession. But be that as it may. So, so this Don Isaac Babernell has a book, has a sefer called Rosh Emanah, where he deals with the basic principles of faith. And he talks about this. He talks about this question of, again, this challenge. How could this be a mitzvah if we know already that it's a mitzvah? If it knows, if we know already Hashem's existence, so 
then what does it mean to mitzvah? And the answer is, as one of you said correctly, he says, yes. We know Hashem's existence as a basic fact, but what type of existence is he? The fact that we know he exists doesn't tell us about him. The mitzvah is not just to know that he exists, but to know, and to use his words, that he is the most shalim, he's the most complete existence, the most perfect existence. And he says, he's the only existence that exists because it has to exist. And here he says a very interesting philosophical concept. There are many things that exist. Like, for example, all of us. All of us exist. We're all here. But, although we all exist, we don't have to exist. What's the proof that we don't have to exist? Because we died. Okay, or, or, yeah, or there was a time when we weren't. Right. Right? You know, X amount of years ago, none of us around this table were in this world, so we weren't. And the world, you know, went on. And, you know, and if one day a person is not here anymore, so the world goes on, so we exist while we're here. And the truth is, everything in existence only exists because because it happens to exist, so to speak. But it doesn't have to exist. And in Hebrew, the difference between those two concepts are called, I'll just, I want to say the Hebrew words, I don't know the exact translation, but in Hebrew it's mechuyav hametzias. The word metzias means existence. Mechuyav means like obligatory. Something that exists because it has to exist versus efshari hametzias. That it could exist. So all of us exist because we could exist, but we could also not exist. Hashem is the only thing that doesn't exist because he happens to exist. He exists because he is existence. And therefore, says Abarbanel, that's the answer to the question. Of course, we know Hashem is dear because otherwise, why are we listening? So as we said, we need to have a commander in order to have commandments. The commandment, though, is to understand what type of being there he is. That his being there is different than we're here. Yeah, like, okay, Hashem is a commander, and I'm the, I'm the person, so we're you know, both sort of on equal footing. No. I'm, I'm, I exist for now, for today. Um, and it's Hashem for some time, but, but ultimately not in a way that I have to be. And Hashem's existence is, as he says, is the most complete of Messias. So that's how he deals with the question. In short, what he's saying is, yes, we know he exists. And that's in order for us to give us a mitzvah. But the mitzvah then now is to understand and ponder the type of existence, the completeness of his existence. That is what how Abarbanel deals with their question or their challenge, those who said it couldn't be a mitzvah. And Shamas also that well, when you say neshama, it depends what you're referring to. The neshama, the way it's in me, my neshama, your neshama, his neshama, her neshama, no, they came into being. I thought they were recycled. So in, well, so but the first one came into being. The first one. But in the very source of all neshamas, they're taken from within Hashem. So therefore, then they're part of Hashem. But that's already not when it's mine, yours, his, and hers. That's already the source of the concept of neshama, which later comes down to be my neshama, your neshama, and his neshama. So there's a very essential, essential spark within our neshama, which is part of Hashem. So that always has to be there. But the form of it, with my seichel, with my midos, with my way of thinking, all of that, those parts of my neshama, they were um, created for me. Or recycled, but they were created at some point for me. Okay. The tzemach tzedek, the third Rebbe Lubavitch, in his Sefer, a very important Sefer called Derech Mitzvah Secha, the way of 
the way of Hashem's mitzvahs, has a mitzvah on emuna, a whole a lengthy mitzvah on emuna. And he talks about this at length. And he brings what the Arbarbanel says. And he says, yes, the Arbarbanel, of course, is correct, that, um, that there's the knowledge that Hashem exists, but then there's the deeper mitzvah of knowing how he exists. But he says that according to Hasidus, it goes, it's a lot further than that. He says, and he talks about a very important idea that Hasidus talks about, and that is that there is two basic levels of Hashem. Very, you know, of course, there's a million levels, but two very, very basic levels that we talk about. One is the level that in Hasidic terminology is called Memale Kal Almin. Literally, the level of Hashem that fills all worlds, which means everything in this world has divine energy within it. So if we're looking at a table and shears, that means there's a divine energy in the table, divine energy in the shears, there's divine energy in the tree and in the flowers and in everything that goes on. That is the divine energy that goes into each and every creation and gives it its sustenance. It's like, it's like the battery of the world. Hashem is ultimately the battery of the world, the energizer of the world. That's one level. But then there is what Hasidus calls sovev kol almin. What does the word sovev mean? Right. Surround, or it's a literal meaning, but a better translation probably would be transcends is above, is beyond. The godliness that's above, it's not the one that's, you know, making the tree grow and making the, you know, the, the bird chirp and the person live and so on and so forth. It's the more transcendent and removed levels of Hashem. Because, as Hasidah says, Hashem is not only the creator of the world. The creator of the world is something Hashem does. But Hashem himself is way beyond this world. It's not like the whole thing. You know, what, what's Hashem? Hashem is a battery. Hashem is a creator of the world. That's a total under uh, playing of what Hashem is. Hashem is infinitely greater than creation and the world and anything involved in the world. And Hashem decided to create a world. Right? So there's the level of Hashem that's involved in creation, that's in everything and vitalizing everything. And then there is Hashem himself that's above and beyond creation. Says the Samachsev. Now we'll understand. The two, the two parts of the story. There's Hashem that we know already before the mitzvah and then there's the mitzvah. So what's before and, what's, and what is he telling us to do? Says the Samachsev. Which part of Hashem do we sort of know automatically that's the given? The divine energy of this world. Because if we look around at a world and we think logically and where did it come from and who's making everything happen and who creates the billions of things going on in our head and in our body and the cells and all the crazy things that are in creation, when we think about all that, well, obviously there's got to be a, a creator. So the creator aspect, says the Samachsadek, that's what we know already. So then what's the mitzvah? The mitzvah is for us to comprehend and believe in Hashem that's beyond creation. The, the aspect of Hashem that's beyond, he's not just a battery, he's not just a creator, he's not just you know the Borei Olam, the creator of the world, that Hashem is Hashem, above and beyond, way above and beyond creation. And that's a mitzvah. So he says, that's the Hasidic way of singing, so to speak, the answer of the Abarbanel. Right? It's the same concept, that there is the part that I know, and then there's the part that I'm commanded to. So in our Barbanel language, the part that I know is that Hashem exists. The mitzvah is 
that he's not just any old existence, he's the existence that has to exist. He's the Sholem Hamitzias, the most complete existence. The Hasidic way of saying the same answer, really, is that there is Hashem that's within creation. That's that's the uh, that's the energy behind everything that I know is there because you know we we feel ourselves we feel, we see that the world around us you know the famous idea when you see a a painting nobody thinks well maybe you know the ink uh, just spilled and created a painting obviously there's an artist so if you look around you look outside there's there must be an artist who made this that part of Hashem is a given and we're meant then to have a mitzvah to believe that Hashem is way beyond that he's not just a painter of beautiful paintings. He's Hashem. And that is how he sees, how the Samachsedek explains in that mimer, the two steps of what I know already and what the mitzvah is to believe. But then he goes on and says a different angle to this, to this story. Samachsedek, still in Samachsedek. Okay. Okay, still in Samachsedek, in his mitzvah about Emuna, which is actually, I should probably tell you this because I'm going to be talking about this mimer probably for the next two weeks. Um, because... In that mitzvah of the Tzemachsedek and Amunah, he says, I'm going to discuss the first five principles of the 13 principles of faith. The five that deal with Hashem. Right? As we said, there's five, four, and four. So those five that Tzemachsedek devotes considerable time to in his book, Anderach Mitzvah Secha. So I'm going to be using that, you know, a bunch of that. Um, so he goes on and says the following. English? Sorry. <laughs> Give everyone entertainment. Okay, goes better. Okay. <laughs> um, says the Tzemach there's another part of the story, which is, is Hashem something we believe in or no? Famous question. Is there a mitzvah to know that there is a Hashem? Is it something we can logically know and understand? Or is it a mitzvah to believe? Which is Believe me. What does it mean? Because belief typically means that I don't know it in a intellectual, rational. in a ra- intellectual, rational way, right? Um, you don't say like, I want you to believe me that two plus two is four. I don't have to believe two plus two is four. I know it because I put two on the table and two. I know two plus two is four. You don't have to believe me that I'm here. You see that I'm here, right? So when we talk about the knowledge of Hashem's existence, how are how are we supposed to know Hashem in an intellectual way or in a belief way, which is beyond intellect? And this is an interesting question, and it's discussed a lot, because there are conflicting psukim about it, and conflicting, seemingly conflicting statements about this in Rambam and so on. Um, the Rambam famously begins his magnum opus, the Mishnah Torah, by saying, um, Yisoda Yisodos, the foundation of all foundations, is Leda, to know, that there is that first entity and so on. So the Rambam starts off his great book by saying the mitzvah is to know. And yet the same Rambam in his book of mitzvahs says mitzvah Hamin is emuna, which means to believe. So Rambam gives us those differences. There are psukim, there are verses that talk about yidia. It says, um, You shall know that Hashem is your God and Hashem is one and so on and so forth. Well, can't be both. So that's the question. How, how do we reconciliate um, or reconcile? How do we reconcile these two concepts of the mitzvah, of the mitzvah of knowing and versus believing? So, says the Tzamach that this idea that we just said about memale versus soviv mm-hmm. is an excellent answer to that question. Because 
The, the Hashem that's involved in creation, we, we're supposed to know it. Because we can think about it and know it. Because we can see it. In fact, and here we have a beautiful statement from Eov. Eov says, Mibsari, from my own flesh, Echazeh, I can gaze eloka at Hashem. What does that mean, from my own flesh, I can gaze at Hashem? So Hasidus explains it, more than one way, but one of the explanations is, I ask a person, am I alive? The person asks, am I alive? For sure. Do you know you're alive? Yes. I can't. You can't see life. Right? We only see our, our flesh. We only see our bodies. Mm-hmm. And even when a person's not alive, they have the body. So how do we know we're alive if, if all we see is our body? The answer is because our body is moving and we're operating and we're thinking and we're seeing. So although we don't see what life looks like, we know that it's there because it's energizing us, because it's empowering us, because we're feeling its effects every day. Just like we, ha- we know that we have a soul, though we can't see it, that's how we should know that Hashem exists. Because just like I know that if I'm a body, there's something energizing me, there's an entire world out there. Who's energizing it? Who's making it work? Who's putting it together? Who's building it? Who's, who creates every, all the miracles that happen every minute that make us alive, make the world alive? So the Hashem that's involved, invested, enclosed in creation, there we have the mitzvah of Yediyah. Not just to believe, oh, well, I believe that he's there. But to actually think about it every day, wow, look at the sun, look at the sunrise, look at the moon, look at the stars, look at the trees, look at the people, look, look at the events, look at the things that happened with me today, and recognize that there is a life force within ourselves. That's the mitzvah of Yediyah. Then there is the mitzvah of emuna. That is to believe in those levels of Hashem that are beyond being enclosed and involved in creation. Like we said, sovev kolam in the transcendent levels of Hashem, the levels of Hashem that are above and beyond, not the ones that make things operate, but that Hashem is above and beyond this world altogether. That's something that requires belief. Okay, so that's how he deals. That's what he says. Rambam says both. They're both true. There is the levels of Hashem in which I should have yidiyah, I should have knowledge and understanding. And then there's the levels of Hashem that I should believe in. No, I, I, I have no proof for it. I, I don't like know. What? Like what? That Hashem is above and beyond creation altogether. examples that I should believe in. That there is an entity, that Hashem is an entity that's that's merciful, mm-hmm. that's kind, that's, that's uh, past. All the things that we talk about Hashem, that's not something that I can say based on what happened and based on... Um, What's going on with the trees outside? It's not just about his existence. So it's the essence. Yeah, the essence of Hashem. Not only that power that he invested into creation, but there's Hashem himself. So, okay, back to the neshama. There I am again. The neshama is part of Amunah, isn't it? No. Well, it depends when you say neshama, what you mean. If you, the part that's in us. Which is our life force. We don't know that we're alive because of Amunah. You might be talking about the spiritual power of the neshama. Yes. That's not the life force. The life force that we have is just like the life force that a, a guy has, or an animal has, or a, or a tree has. Everything in this world has a life force. That comes from the neshama. That comes from Hashem. Uh-huh. Now, then there is a godly aspect within that, which is a chelik or a kamimal, but that's not the life force of a person or an animal. I see. So right? Two, they fit in two different categories. Correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. So, so therefore, that's point A, says the Samach Sedek, that there is Yediyah, knowledge of Hashem. In, that's the Hashem that's 
again, enclosed and uh, invested in creation, that so we could know him like we know that we're alive. And then there's Hashem above creation. So viv Now, could there be a mitzvah for both? Or is the mitzvah aspect only for one? Let's think about that for a minute. Now that we understand that there is yidia, knowledge, and there is emuna. There's the part that I know about and there's the part that I believe about. Could, could both of them be called a mitzvah? So one might argue and say, well, the emuna part is a mitzvah. Hashem commands me to believe in that. But the one, the part that I can know, if I know it, what's the mitzvah? Because a lot of people could look at all the dashmis and that, not see Hashem. Okay, so what's the mitzvah? The mitzvah is... To recognize that the gashmis is Hashem. To recognize it. In other words, you can go through the same motions and I don't, you know, you know it's just nature. Just, I happen to be alive. I happen, you know, I happen, happen. And the mitzvah is to see it for what it is. So that's the simple answer. But the Samachsedic says there's even one step deeper. And I'll, I think I'm going to finish with that for now. And he says, even if you do know, even if you know, there's knowing and there is contemplating it and thinking about it and constantly reminding ourselves of it. And then that knowledge becomes a whole different level of knowledge. In other words, I can know, so I know about it. Um, as we know, many times the things that we know have very little effect on us. For this very simple reason, we don't think about it. Knowing something somewhere in the back resources of my mind, and if you ask me the question, I'll answer, is very different than knowing about it in a practical, daily way that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Says the Samach Sedek, and that's the mitzvah. Yeah. That's the mitzvah. The mitzvah is not just to know. The mitzvah is to know in a way that I think about it, and I think about it again. And really, what do we do every day when we die? Every morning when we dive in, we talk about the trees, and we talk about the sun, and we talk about the moon, and we talk about the snow, and we talk about the, that Hashem made this, and Hashem made this, and how great your work is. I mean, we said it yesterday already. So we know. I, I know that Hashem made this. I, I'm thinking of um, Krishma when you go to sleep, and you do the whole cheshben, and you're like asking Hashem for different things. I, I don't know, that, that kind of resonates for, for but like doing a summary of your day and really thinking about Hashem and believing. Okay, that's good. I mean, you know, to, to contemplate. So, you know, some people, you know, some people are more more Kriyashma by night people who feel it by night. Some people by night, aren't, their minds aren't uh, anywhere. And they think about it in the morning. Some people in the morning, they only wake up towards the end of davening. I mean, there's, there's all different. Every person is different. But the point is that it's something that we have to constantly work on Thinking about, not just knowing. Learned I know. Robertson's had her coffee before she davened, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you know, because it's a machzedek say that that is just the mitzvah, or that type of idea, is, and be, that type of idea number one, and belief number two are both the mitzvah. Both the mitzvah. Exactly, okay. and that fits with the Rambam, who says they're both the mitzvah. As I said, Rambam starts his book by saying there's a mitzvah leida to know, and a sefer mitzvah says a mitzvah to believe. That means they're both mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah to believe in the parts of Hashem that we just have to believe because we have no way of knowing them. As you said, they're sort of not invested in this world, so we just have to believe. So the mitzvah of belief is easy to understand why it's a mitzvah because I I can't prove it. I don't know, so I have to. There's a mitzvah to believe, 
But then there is a mitzvah, even in the part that I understand, the mitzvah is to make sure that that understanding is a conscious understanding. It's an understanding that I think about and contemplate so that I know it in a way that it actually has an effect on me. Where does the miracle fall in over here? A miracle is like knowing a miracle or a belief in a miracle? Like, what? So it's an interesting question. Interesting question. The miracles are so, sort of like Hashem, like... Uh, you know, n- you know, knocking on the door and saying, "By the way, I'm here." In case you right. didn't, in case you didn't notice. But is that above nature? I mean, that's like. Right. I mean, above. Is that creation, or is that is that below creation or above creation? I guess is what. It's that. a good question. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's written the miracles come from that level called Silva of Kalam. No, that's not part of the natural godliness in the world. So here the question is, so if I see miracles, if I see actual miracles, so then, then my have, my my belief becomes knowledge. Right, that's... Which is an interesting concept. Good good thinking. I don't have what to say offhand. But that's, you're right, the miracles are somewhat of a bringing together that level that's above the regular and making it something into our conscious, right. which is one of the gifts of Hashem, that Hashem sometimes reveals Himself to us, that even those you know levels beyond should be more recognizable to us with the intention that we should remember that every day even when we don't see the miraculous. Because obviously we don't, miracles don't happen every day, so they're there as like little sparks of reminders for, to help us be able to see it every day as well. So in short, what we have over here as far as this first foundation of Emuna is this big discussion about um, is it a mitzvah, is it not a mitzvah, the halacha, again, according to the vast majority of, of authorities, is that it is a mitzvah. And how could it be a mitzvah? So we, we went through a number of steps. Um, first of all, it's not just that he exists, but it's the ultimate type of existence that it has to be, not just that it happens to be. Right? I'm just remembering that I missed something that I prepared to say, so I'll say it right now quickly, about that difference between things that just happen to be or have to be. So the shalom, the, who, who you mentioned a couple of times, says very interesting. He says, for example, he says, there's two things that might be hot. Fire is hot. And also water, if you put it on a fire, the water can also be boiling hot. Right? What's the difference between the water being hot and the fire being hot, says the Shalom? One has to be and one might be. Yeah, one has to be and one might be. Exactly. Fire is hot because fire is hot. It's, there's no other way about it. Water, exactly. Water, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Right? We had that that issue at the beginning of the class, wasn't there? Is the water yes hot or the water not hot? Right? So it doesn't have to be. But fine. Or says the Shalom, one more example. He says the way the soul lives and the way a body lives. He says a body lives if the soul is making it live. But if the soul goes out, the body is not alive anymore. But a soul is alive because the soul is alive. A soul is not alive because something is making it alive. So these are both examples, Shalah says, for the difference between our existence and Hashem's existence. So we exist like water is hot when there's something making it hot. We're here. Hashem exists like fire is hot because he is. Right? That's the Shalah's uh, muscle for that. This is a very practical muscle, very beautiful muscle analogy. Um, so that was step A. And then we talked about Sove versus Mimali, the level of Hashem within creation, the level of Hashem above, one we know, one we have a mitzvah to believe in. And then we talked about the mitzvah of knowledge versus faith and how there's a mitzvah both in faith as well as in knowledge, even if we know about it, but to constantly contemplate it and make sure that that knowledge actually affects us in our avodah session. So that is as far as this first of the principles, and we shall continue next week in Mirz Hashem with probably number two and maybe number three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.